Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, wherever you're listening, uh, please follow along in the podcast. Uh, you can always uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Apple Music, wherever you're listening to it. Or if you, are, if you are watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel so you know when the next, uh, next uh, episode comes out and share with your friends. If you ever wanted to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Podcast. And like I always say, if you ever wanted to reach out to us, drop us a line, let us know a topic, let us know anything, you know, something about it, about how you feel, whatever it is, check us out on Twitter or Instagram at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited about, uh, about today's episode because it's actually a topic that I was meaning to do for a long time. Ever since I've ever since I saw the movie for the first time, and um, what's today? March thirteenth, I think. March, yeah, March fourteenth, twenty twenty three. Um, the ninety fifth Oscars were just the other night, and um, this movie brought in huge, huge numbers. Uh, it's everything, everywhere, all at once. If anyone's ever seen it, um, if not, please go see it. I'll drop it right now. Drop fat spoiler warnings all over this puppy right now. If you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. I mean, if not, there might be spoilies. So you've been warned. Um, but this movie cleaned up at the at the past Oscars. Um, and again, everything, everywhere, all at once. Check it out. It's on Prime, I believe. Amazon Prime streaming. But uh, tw- it came out in 2022, uh, obviously last year and it's an a24 film if you're not familiar with that production company they did ex machina moonlight uh uncut joms etc and uh it was directed by the daniels uh daniel kwan and daniel Sh- oh, i think that's how you say it Shinert, i think uh they directed swiss army man this is their second major feature which is amazing that they killed it at the oscars um the cast is phenomenal i mean it's not a very large cast when i was like looking at it they reused a lot of like extras and it's very very cool very well done um but standouts obviously michelle yo uh she plays evelyn in the movie um stephanie uh stephanie shu she plays joy tremendous uh, Kehi Kwan, Kehui Kwan, uh, played Waymond. Oh my gosh, amazing! Again, everyone was just tremendous. Jamie Lee Curtis played Deirdre, which is like the IRS kind of like baddie, like bad person. <laughs> uh, I guess she was a baddie. And Jenny Slate uh, makes an interesting appearance. Uh, she's she's in the you know portion of the beginning and the portion of the end, uh, and she is she is billed. In the credits as Big Nose. So, shout out fellow person with a big nose. <laughs> um, but classic Jenny Slate, good for her. Hey, she's in an Oscar winning movie. Because at this past Oscars, the 95th Oscars that just happened, they won 7 out of 11 
uh, categories that they were nominated. Uh, it won Best Picture, won Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, Best Editing, um, Best Actress. Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress. She was actually the first Asian female to to ever to ever win which is absolutely phenomenal. She did such a she did such a great job in the in the in the movie. I mean, I love Michelle Yeoh. She like in the, I mean, I haven't seen every single one of her movies, but she was in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon if anyone hasn't seen that and oh my gosh. Just phenomenal in this. Actually, I saw that I saw that movie in theaters, funny enough, me and, me and my dad went to see that movie. I think I was like about 11. And uh, it was I, I, from my recollection, the first movie I had ever really seen with subtitles. I believe the whole movie was subtitles. Nothing was dubbed. Amazing movie visually, but the first time I saw it, I was too focused trying to read the subtitles. I barely like watched what the actual happenings of the movie. <laughs> so uh, I have watched it since, but again, she's phenomenal and, and she's. An amazingly talented martial artist, like, oh my gosh, Gong Fu, unbelievable. She's so good, um, and again, excellent. Congratulations, great for her. Best Actress Award, uh, Best Supporting Actor went to K K Hui Kwan. Uh, good for him, or yeah, he K he. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry about my pronunciation, Kay, because you're phenomenal. Um, obviously, we all know Kay from movies like The Goonies and um, Encino Man, which is amazing, with another, the actual best actor of this year, Brendan Fraser, um, who won Best Actor for The Whale this year. He actually was in a movie with Encino, with, sorry, with Kay Haekwon, Called Encino Man. Polly Shore is in it as well. Sean Astin uh, of Lord of the Rings fame. Or else in that, one of my favorite movies. Um, I remember growing up watching that one. I don't know. I might even do a whole episode on it, but short synopsis is about these high school kids find a caveman that's still frozen in ice in their backyard when they go to dig their pool out. Far-fetched, I know, but Brendan Fraser is the is the caveman, and then Kay is one of the high school students. Amazing. Again, Goonies, Data, tremendous. Uh, and my favorite Kay Hikwan, uh role, short round, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Phenomenal. I'll never forget him. Never forget him. Um, when I first saw... Um, when I first saw... That he was in everything, everywhere, all once because I believe he's taken quite a hiatus, at least from like mainstream film. And to see him again, I instantly recognized him, and ah, so so exciting to see. And it, it's his presence in some ways touches on one of the beautiful things about this movie, which I'll get into shortly. Is it's it's. It's so it's it's a je ne sais quoi, some type like there is an unspoken nod to nostalgia in this movie and it's beautiful and it's very interesting and it's very subtle and very well done by Dan, by the Daniels and again even Jamie Lee Curtis's presence because she actually won best supporting actress 
Um, but her, even her presence alone becomes somewhat of a nod to, you know, like the 80s and everything. She, you know, she kind of ruled that. But Kay's, Kay's performance was well, well, well deserved. I mean, I know I haven't seen every movie this year or last year that was that was nominated, but he he deserves deserves best supporting actor all the way. He did a fantastic job. I will go deep, deep, deep into his um his character stance and where he was coming from, but he portrays it beautifully. Very well done, sir. And best supporting actress went to Jamie Lee Curtis, which is is excellent. I'm so happy that she has won an Oscar. Uh, I'm not sure if she's won any other Oscars, but she's been in some other great movies, and just great for her. But it is unfortunate. Sadly, I'll say it. I'll say it right now, on the Big Mar podcast that it that she robbed the the Oscar from Stephanie Shu. She Stephanie Shu's performance in this movie, people. For those of you who are watching, have watched it because you're probably still listening because you made it past the spoilery warning. Um, her performance is so fucking good. It's it's amazing she didn't win the Oscar. I don't I don't really understand it actually. Um, I watched I rewatched the the movie preparing for this and I just got finished watching it and. Such a powerful, captivating, dynamic performance. Just absolutely beautiful. Um, well, you know, didn't didn't go over the top. Uh, costume design was so cool. I'm not sure. I I I think that was actually one of the the categories they were nominated for and didn't get. But the rest of the film's uh, attire is is relatively plain. But her character that she plays. Um, is fucking cool, and she has wicked, wicked costumes. Um, a little bit more about the film itself. Again, like I said, there's something about it. It's just an X factor, a subtle, nuanced nod to nostalgia and and you know things that passed. Um, great, great cinematography overall. Really cool. I mean, generally speaking, they had a relatively low budget. Um, and with that, a lot of practical effects are used, you know, really interesting filmmaking techniques that aren't particularly expensive, but have amazing, amazing effects. Um, you know, aspect ratio shifts, you know, they change the aspect ratio. So like the, for those of you who don't know, the border of the, of the screen essentially is the aspect ratio. So you know, it used to be a like square screen, but you know, the cinema screen essentially is like, I think like 16 to nine aspect ratio or something like that, where it's like, a, it's a rectangle, but then like you can squash that, you know, with the, it looks like there's two black bars, but all, what that does is it changes your kind of focus and, and it changes how you actually perceive the, the, the film. So again, that's a practical effect that, that the directors chose to do. Um, which which lends an effect to the audience and or, or they experience that and the more you can get the the audience to experience the the cooler that will be because you know it's it's multi sense becomes at least more than just oh you're watching uh, you know people act and it's uh, 
cool and whatever. No, they're trying to make the most out of that experience. Um, you know, the lighting effects, absolutely brilliant. Um, it like, again, that's where the editing comes into where obviously that's where they want an Oscar, but you know, it comes in it, you know, where, where everything that constraint of budget. So, it's interesting in today's world because technology exists and truly the sky is the limit as far as how much time you kind of want to put into something. Uh, obviously, time is money. So if you're paying someone to do this, it's expensive. But if you have the capabilities of doing whatever you want and you have access to to this technology, which is relatively accessible, you can almost do whatever you want. Now, the problem is doing whatever you want I've touched on this for for those of you, for those of you who are uh, big more podcast fans. I've, t- I've touched on this a lot a lot of times on other episodes that with this technology that we have access to and this power, the possibilities are limitless, and it leaves us with this moment where we're about when we're about to create something or we're about to make a creative decision about something, we know that those possibilities can go anywhere. It can become paralyzing, and or we tend to choose the the easiest pathway, because why not? And that doesn't always lend itself to better stuff. Like, again, just look around, you know. Some of the greatest music, some of the greatest movies, television shows, whatever, all this stuff came out... And exists well before technology, you know, books and things, whatever it might be, existed before all these technolog- technological leaps. Yes, there's still great things that happen and, and, and we make amazing things. But the idea was when all this technology, digital and, and computer software and internet and all these technologies arose, we, we imagined that, wow, look at all these amazing things we've done up until this point with with limited technology now that we have limitless technology we should be able to make amazing things constantly nothing but brilliance and beauty constantly just over overarching yourself constantly but basically what's happened is we've we've just muddied the sea of mediocrity and here and there there's some beautiful things that come up now this movie is one of those beautiful things that come up i will say but Back in the day when you were constrained by things, what I'm saying with this limited capacity and the only way you can really put a limit on things nowadays is with budget. But back in the day when technology limited you, you had to work within these parameters and you knew where the boundaries were. You knew how far you had to go you know how far you could go and you wanted to push that envelope and use the technology and it was not almost never easy. Yeah, maybe there's some easy options or, or time saving options, but it was almost never easy to do all those things. And yeah, that's what drove all this creation and why we have all these new inventions because that stuff was hard and we wanted to make an easier make it easier because that's just human, you know, nature. But again, I think with with these constraints in budget and the way that the Daniels uh, uh, approached everything, it was just just a perfect confluence of everything. That action is terrific, um, and they did it. They did it in a cool fashion. They presented it in actually three parts, 
every part one being everything to everywhere and three being all at once and they're not all equal parts but it, they're very cool act breaks and just very 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 cool movie really well done uh, in some points uh that like most of the characters are, are are chinese and the family like the main character's family are, are chinese and they switch effortlessly from mandarin to english through the movie and their subtitles and things like that but I think it's beautiful and it's really well done and it's not hokey and weird and, and like, oh, you have to do this and they have to be speaking. And, and like, it's a cool kind of realistic approach because, you know, coming from a family where where some of my family members, English wasn't their first language. Um, that's what you do when you speak two languages. You switch between them every once in a while for no fucking real reason, to be honest. I mean, either than... The big reasons I being like you don't want English people to hear what you want, what you or English speaking people to hear what you have to say, or you're speaking to someone who doesn't really speak the language that well. Either way, it was very realistic and very cool, and potentially who knows the future, right? Like if if that keeps going and and we start seeing more more influence come out of China, maybe more people will start speaking Mandarin and that'll be the reality you have that that switch which well, you know could be cool or wild who knows <laughs> um but again you know more the nitty-gritty of the plot itself you know it essentially surrounds um the whole movie surrounds this family um that that the in in this original so the idea is that i guess the overarching idea i have to get into this a little bit is that there are multiverses they also refer to them as many verses in this but there's infinite amount of of universes out there and it's and these different the way that the filmmakers kind of approach it is that each universe exists because at one point in in well, in someone in, you know, the, the, the infinite you at some point when, you know, um, when you were like, since the moment you were born, every moment from every decision that's being made, every little thing that happens in your life creates, you know, a probability that things went one way or another. And, and that creates a new branch on the timeline. So they're life paths, if you can think about that. And every decision, every as minute as you could possibly think, actually creates a different timeline. So, very similar to life in the sense that you make a decision and it compounds and it goes down the road and it can drastically change your life depending on which way you go. And I always thought that that was a really cool concept, especially in this movie, because I've, I've still haven't come up with the perfect, the perfect you know, replication of this idea, but I can't even say the word, but again, um, I talked about this a long time ago and I kind of, I, th I thought about it a lot in like high school days. I remember thinking about it a lot and I kind of got away from it for a while, but the idea of choice that our life, you know, life is based on choice and it, the choices that you make are, are everything. And, that that's who you know you have to live with those choices and you have to be who you choose and again like i said it's it's rudimentary still at, at best and i've been thinking about it for so long but it comes down to that that no matter what and, and 
you know, like Resh said, you know, even if you if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. So everything you do is a choice. And basically what the filmmakers here are, are, are touching on is that every choice that you've made, every decision that you've come and the choice to go with either decision, you your life splits at that point and one decision goes one way and the other decision decision goes the other way. Um, essentially in the movie... Um, the one of the families in the, they call it the Alphaverse, so the the un, the universe that actually discovered all these other all these other universes. Um, their family actually pushed their daughter Joy, so Wayman and Evelyn, their daughter Joy. They pushed her too hard, and she became her mind like fractured, and she experiences all the entire universe, every single multiverse at once, and she became this this mythical kind of mythical character called the jo- the Jobu Tapaki, which actually means pocket gun, which is interesting because when she first comes on the um when she first comes on the on the screen, you can't see her face, but she like holds out a gun. And it might even be a run the jewels nod. But again, honestly, this movie is so full of references, you can't even start. Um and anyway, she's omniversal, so she experiences every universe, and she can switch at random. And this alpha alpha universe actually created an algorithm that allows you to travel between or experience other um, versions of you in the other multiverses. So the alpha universe created an algorithm that calculates which improbable action will place your universe on the edge of your local cluster, which then slingshots you to the, your desired universe. So if you want to go travel to a certain universe, you have to do some kind of weird action and choose to do this action. And that's the essence. That's the choice that puts you in a position to then experience this whole new realm, this whole new universe, but it's still you but all in you and you experience all their um, memories and 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 you basically gain like their powers. So it's very like it's almost like very matrixy in that sense where you essentially can like pick another universe or like Rick and Morty ish or a little bit like any fucking multi universe <laughs> shtick really. But you get to go to you can hijack that person's powers. You basically like swap positions with them in in the multiverse which is amazing and at one point and again this leads this goes back to that whole notion of nostalgia and all the nods and everything um everything towards that is that at one point um jamie lee curtis deirdre her character uh gets hijacked by jobu tapaki the evil the evil villain and she actually like hijacks like I guess a, an adjacent universe to her where she was a professional wrestler and like she's like doing like full on like ultimate warrior moves she pulls out a backbreaker at one uh, at one point on Wayman um just amazing really cool maybe deserved of a uh, best supporting actress but again not in my humble opinion but God bless. Congratulations, Jamie Lee. Um, and again, it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it there there's there's themes that are so amazing. You know, there's a absolutely absolutely beautiful 
um, mother mother daughter relationship between Joy and Evelyn, which embodies every parent and child relationship. And there's even there's even um, moments where Evelyn is dealing with her father, and different and times are changing, and her own dreams and aspirations maybe not coming true because in in her own universe she basically hasn't hasn't achieved any of the things that she ever wanted to do and in every single one of these other universe universes she has achieved one of those things right so again probably the based on probability um all these other universes she gets she does become what she wants there's obviously a universe where she doesn't become anything which is the universe that she exists in and they run and her and Wayman are chilling they run a a laundromat that's that appears to be failing and they're doing their taxes and she's trying all the and you can tell that she's tried all these different things and and just not made it because of some decision along the way but the movie always always kind of points to a really interesting like grass is always greener scenario where you might you know you might wish for this other thing cuz at one point Evelyn is in another universe where she becomes a movie star which is so cool because obviously Michelle Yeoh is a is a movie star and they kind of intertwine some like real footage of her on the red carpet and things like that um into that universe and Wayman is like a CEO and like a baller, but they aren't together. And they end up getting together, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to ruin that part of it. But but at one point, you know, she's talking about, you know, you, you, you don't know. Like I came from a universe where all we did was do laundry and taxes and it was boring. And we we didn't, you know, we worried about our daughter and our, my father and, and life and everything. And CEO Wayman, which is funny how that's like what they call him. But CEO Wayman goes, you know, if it wasn't if in another life, if we had another chance, I wouldn't mind just doing laundry and taxes with you. And it's such a beautiful scene. And there's so many beautiful scenes. You know, there's a there's a scene where they go through all these different they seemingly go through every single iteration of every multiverse. And they and they wind up. This is sorry, Evelyn and Joy get into this ultimate fight near the end where they end up traveling through every multiverse and um at one one the one that they stop on is just a universe where no life ever formed everything was a rock and they were both rocks and they could talk and talk to each other and telepathically more or less and again just such a beautiful scene because you know it it touches on the futility of this idea that there's just all these universes that even in, even in, you know, as much as, as much, you know, at one point we thought that earth was the center of the universe and there was nothing more, but then we discovered that we just, we just rotated the sun, which is one of trillions in the known universe and that right now there might be multiple universes that we don't even know about and what's going to be the next discovery that just proves that we're just tiny pieces of shit and again it's that futile nihilistic kind of terrible approach of nothing matters because everything is so infinite that 
the, the trials and tribulations and the bullshit that we go through and the little things and the relationships and the and the lives and the and the hate and the passion and the love and the and the happiness and the everything and all this stuff is minuscule and infinitely small compared to this giant giant universe but if anything tells us that life is cyclical that the universe is a cycle everything is is a circle that if nothing matters at the same time everything matters right you know if you know it's so it you have to go fully into it and realize that yes nothing matters but simultaneously everything matters and the entire universe versus us becomes this interesting cycle right it's fractal if you just you can keep going in in you know inner space is infinite outer space is infinite and we exist right in that pinnacle that that moment where both things meet and the really the really really truly beautiful thing about this film you know with all that and you know, at one point, Joe Butapaki's Joy's character um, comes up with this thing called the Everything Bagel. <laughs> and essentially, she put all of her woes, all of these multiple universes, everything, and sesame seed and salt. And it collapsed in on itself and became this Everything Bagel, which was practically like a black hole that could kind of swallow up in a and potentially like end her kind of existence in this in this like omnipresent state, which was relatively painful, it seemed. But um it was the embodiment again of that negative approach that everything is just black and everything turns in on itself at the end of it. But the back the back end of that again is is love you know what is the opposite of you know hate and and grief and and what is that you know what is grief but only a lack of a place to aim your love like i heard about that right like that that grief that grief is actually just love with nowhere to go and you're just like pent up and you just feel but realize that 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 love means nothing unless you let it out, unless you send it somewhere. And it doesn't matter who gets it because we are all one. We are all existing in this thing together that, you know, you're, you know, lighting someone else's candle doesn't diminish your own, own light. And again, the power of love is so, so special. And Wayman becomes this embodiment of that. And throughout the movie, you kind of think that he's just like kind of this bumbling idiot, but you know, in essence, he says, this is how he fights. This is how I fight, is what he says. In the, in the sense that, yeah, it looks like I'm weak or, you know, whatever. But it takes a true, it takes a lot of strength and courage to be able to look fear and look anger and hatred or negative experiences. Look it right dead in the face and smile and say, I love you or stick a googly eye on it or you know just kill it with kindness and there's a scene where Evelyn is fighting Jobu and 
it's a very it's a very classic you know very like anime ish very classic showdown kung fu movie square up where Joe Butabaki does this unreal fucking kata whatever you want to call it where she gets down and she gets in her fucking stance and she's like you know what get you know what I'm saying and um Evelyn's character does her thing too and then she just comes in and she just fucking opens up with a hug and it's like holy fucking shit if that like it touched me in the deepest deepest center of my being where you know I've always I've, I've experienced this a lot in life where I've been told not a you know not aggressive enough especially in sports or things like that but even just wherever where it's like you know you just let life flow, you know, you just react to things, but that's what I'm doing, I'm trying to lead with love, and I struggle with it too, I feel like it's, I feel like I'm being a fucking weak coward sometimes too, but when I lead with love, and I put that out there, and I put my heart out there, and and try to understand where someone's coming from, or understand that, again, the only way to the, the opposite of darkness is love. You know what I mean? It's not... Hap- it's not like... You know, the, the opposite of hate isn't... Well, I guess opposite of hate is love. But... Again, like I said... Love needs to go somewhere. It needs to be aimed. It needs to be directed. And the opposite of grief is love. And the opposite of, of all that is... You know, you can't hold on to grudges, you can't hold on to things, and you can't, you know, live a life where where all you're doing is hoping for something to make you happy because you're just mad all the time, but realize that that love and that happiness and that, and, and everything too, because hate and passion and, and anger is wrapped up in that too, because there is that love where it gets fucking out there and it gets wild, but it moves mountains and it, and it beats all and it is accepting and it, and it, and it, it will only, and it can transform those that hate and that negativity into something new. It's not destructive where it wants to destroy. It wants to bring both of those things together. And I remember having a fight with, with one of my bands that I was in and we were actually talking about like having a bit of a, a, you know, split off from some of the other band members and we were having these talks and getting together and trying to figure out how we're going to do it and one night some of my band members kind of called me up and said listen we're doing it we don't give a fuck it has to be done we're telling them to fuck off blah 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 and it's like listen we haven't even done anything we've just thought about this shit like let's just fucking find a way that we can try and lead with love in this situation and try and they said fucking I and I got upset and I was like I will never not fight for love and for respect and for a peaceful approach and again that's how I fight and that's how why this movie touched me so much in that in that deep deep place in my heart and I hope a piece of this reaches all of you out there who's listening and watching I love you all. Thank you all for for listening. Again, wherever you're watching, please like and subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. All that great stuff. Um, if you want to reach us, check us out on Twitter or pod or Instagram at Big Mark Podcast or the Big Mark Pod. Hit us up in our DMs there. 
If you want to support the podcast, you go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the big mark pod. Uh, hit that thumbs up, subscribe wherever you're, wherever you're watching, um, and tell a friend. Thank you so much for watching. Check this movie out, please. It's so great. Congratulations to everyone involved in the film. Um, and yeah, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Peace. Peace.